Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and the programme is Local Media This Week. The show where we have a look at all the local papers here in County Clare, the print media, and we give our take on them and throw around a few subjects and uh, and see what comes out. I'm joined, as usual, by um, uh, our our usual panel. I was going to say our normal panel, but there's nothing normal about these guys. Uh, John S. Kelly, you're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Uh, also, we're joined by Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome, too. Thanks, Jim. And finally, David Fleming. David, great to see you here again. Likewise, Jim. Normal, uh, normal would be pointless. We need to be a, a little bit <laughs> less normal. We do indeed. But as I said, we're looking mostly, I suppose, at the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. And the first thing I'm looking at here on the front page of the Clare Champion is pandemic payment should be reduced. Anyone like to take that up? David, you're... That's right. What are they talking about? Well, this is the famous pup. You know, when you're a child, when you're a naughty child, you become, you're a right pup. That's a cork one, isn't yes. it? It is. It is a cork. Anyway, there are a lot of pups down there. <laughs> <laughs> a few pups down there. Uh, we had a few pups in Clare as well. I'll tell you. <laughs> but anyway, this pup uh, is actually the P-U-P, not actually a Northern Ireland... Sounds like a Northern Ireland uh, political party, the P-U-P. Um, but actually, it's the Pandemic Unemployment Payment. I'm sure everybody knows what it is by yeah. this stage, but yeah. uh, that's what it is. And of course, the government uh, this past week uh, have announced the the, the imminent uh, finishing line to the pandemic regulations and part of that whole world that we've been experiencing in 2020 and 2021 was uh, also these payments made to people, given to people who had been out of work because of the pandemic and of course the pandemic according to the government is coming to some sort of a, a, an end of sorts and the payments, which is costing the taxpayer a lot of money. I knew you'd, I knew you'd <laughs> come to it. Honest to God, any kind of a payment out from that end of the table, <laughs> he introduces the taxpayer to it. Well, yes. if the taxpayers on the other side of the table would like to continue paying for it, uh, be my guest. But uh, the, go- the government made an announcement. It's going to be reduced. Yes, uh, It's going to be reduced gradually. And at the very lowest level, people will be transferred onto the social well, the, what used to be called the dole. Um, no, no, you don't ever use that word. Not allowed to use that no, word no, anymore, no, no, but that's no. what it used to be called. Um, but the, the story here, actually, is that um, employers are claiming that the continuance of the PUP uh, is, is, means that they're finding it very difficult to get staff. Mm. Um, now, uh, there was a bit of a debate about this in the radio, like uh, uh, Cormac O'Hara on, 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 on Drive Time put the point to the Hotelier Federation chap that, uh, well, maybe if, if employers actually paid a little bit more money, they might actually get some staff. Mm. Um, and then, the tour, is, is, is it fair to say that the hospitality sector is notorious for, you know, Minimum wage. It's minimum wage. Yeah. It is. Um, it tends to be low-skill work. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly in hotels, cleaning, uh, uh, changing, all of that sort of stuff. According to the according to the piece by Dan Danaher, there's yeah. 150,000 people um, 
in the country receiving the PUP. That's a significant number. How many do you say? 150,000. I think it's down. It's less than that now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It probably is now since yeah. it's maybe, maybe. And it will continue to come down, obviously. Um, mm. But, uh, and it, you know, should they be complaining too much? Because it's going to be... It's going to be well down by 22nd of October, which is yeah. the date. And, of course, by then, the hotels are getting into their quiet season, probably, but anyway. The, but, uh, David, in fairness, uh, there is value to be had in the hotel business mm. in October, November, and December. And people well, do, they don't they, they, Pat? Yeah, they have, they have, big, they have big bookings for, for September. I heard, yeah. the, I heard the hotel men on the radio this morning and said that they, they had very high bookings for September and October. So yeah. it's a real problem, Jim. I mean, yeah. it really is. No. I suppose it's, it's a problem that, on the one hand, you have a government, uh, you know, irrespective of which parties in government who are trying to look after its people and make sure that yeah. they don't suffer too much financially oh. when for, for this pandemic. And the other thing then is if, if you're at home and you, instead of part-time working, if you're getting... Oh, if you're getting pay, more than you would yeah. from um, working in a hotel, why would you go back? Why would you go back? So I suppose it's, yeah. up, it's up to those people who decide these things and decide yeah. how much and who gets it yeah. to make the sure that factor. there is an incentive to yeah. go back to work. It there, is, that there is an incentive. But the other factor is our migratory flows like a lot of people who work in hotels are not Irish that's right they tend to be uh, to come in looking for this sort of work I see here even the uh, uh, the, the industry spokesman or the hotelier Mr. Lally uh, talks about some hospita hospitality staff are now returning to college, so they're college students. So there's multiple factors there going are, on here, and a lot. I gather a lot of of people who work in the hospitality sector went back home. They did, you know, to Eastern Europe, yeah, uh, because they wanted to work mm. and they couldn't mm. get to work here. Yeah, and yeah. of course, I mean, we we hear in the in the media as well during the week. In relation to the UK, how big a problem that is there. Exactly. With, with so many people, truck yeah. drivers. Yeah. Truck drivers one, in particular, yeah. Um, people who have gone back to Eastern Europe, but who mightn't be coming back to the UK anymore. Well, yeah. But the UK, because truck driving is not considered a skilled uh, or a, a priority um, occupation under the new British immigration laws, they're not allowing them in. And this yeah. is the problem of Brexit. So okay. we have we have empty shelves in supermarkets over there. Mm. Anyway, hopefully we'll keep our eye on this and see how it goes. But as you yeah. say, David, if if the PUP is going to be reduced further and further, and we're we're going out of lockdown, let's mm. say by the end of October, yeah. then things should, I suppose, Le maybe level back to where people will want. I think people will want to go back to work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a perennial question that comes up. Would people prefer to work or be paid to stay at home? Well, if you pay me to stay at home, John, I'll probably stay at home. I don't think you'd last long. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, during the pandemic, I was paid to stay at home yeah. and do uh, my work from home. But I, I know what working. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... Uh, yeah, but we'd have you full time on the radio, oh, then. Would. <laughs> <laughs> but would you want? <laughs> I suppose the, the government as well. They, they, they can't keep keep paying all the time, like you know. The, That's the, right, Pat. In, because in, us, in, me, and you taxpayers <laughs> can't afford it. And in and in has to come to at some stage. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Whether we like it or not. Anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, the, staying with the front page of the Clare yes. Champion. Uh, uh, the headline there is, we don't have 10 years to wait. In fact, both the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo have the whole question of pyrite in the 
uh, in the news. And looking there at, I see the Minister Dar O'Brien, the, the Minister for Housing, Local Government and Heritage, and he certainly, he, he'll know what pyrite is when he <laughs> goes back because he's looking at the, the gable end of a house here and it seems to be, if he didn't see where the cracks were, they're well marked with black paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary Hendy there. Mary was a former teacher in Shannon, she went to the secondary school. Yes. Yeah. Go Prince on, Pat, take principal. us through what's there. Yeah. We, um, Fiona McGarry has the story there. Um, a retired Drumline couple has made an emotional appeal to the Housing Minister for funds to repair their se severely cracked house, saying they don't have a decade to wait. Uh, pensioners Mary and Seamus Henley showed Darrell O'Brien the devastating impact of Pyrus when he visited their home last Friday. Some of us, like myself, are on our pensions and we certainly don't have forever to wait. Mrs Henley said, I don't have 10 years to wait. I, w I could be six feet first under at that stage, but I may <coughs> I want my house replaced and repaired. Hmm. The retired school principal also told the minister of a number of former pupils in their 30s who have discovered Pyrrhus in their homes. Yes. Mrs. Henley was among the three members of the Clare Pyrrhus Act from Coos, meeting the minister in relation to the application for local authority to extend access of the defective concrete blocks grant scheme. Hmm. It's, I mean, so it's a desperate thing, like something oh, yeah. you, you have invested uh, you know, you, you've, you've sunk mm. God knows how much for a mortgage your, your lifetime that, that you're going to be paying back for the rest, rest of your life. Of life yeah. And suddenly here you have something that's, you know, basically of no value mm -hmm. um, and something you can't live in or won't be able to stay mm. living in. John? From our listeners' point of view, we have referred to the pyrite problem every week now for three weeks. Mm. And yet, in any of the articles that we've read, okay, we're not finding exactly an explanation of what Tom, Dick and Harry needs to know about pyrite. Okay? What I mean by that is I'm looking at a wall here now with blocks in it. I understand it starts with the block. So the, there's a block maker involved mm. and there's material. Mm. Isn't it time that the providers of the blocks are identified? and made pay for it. Well, exactly, John. And on page six, page six of the Clare Champion is entirely devoted. So when, yeah. when, you, when you get into the whole, Fiona McGarry has been very busy this week, uh, the whole page, and three more pictures of the minister in various, in various, he has the jacket off. Yeah, you imagine he's going to fly away. You, you <laughs> imagine he's going to fix the problem himself. Well, it is a very, it's a very warm day, obviously. It's obviously very warm. Mm. But anyway, at the very bottom of that page, going to John's point, demand for accountability from manufacturers. Mm. Uh, and the Minister for Housing took the opportunity while visiting Clare to reaffirm his commitment to pursuing those responsible for supplying defective building materials. And uh, he said, he says here in the same statement that um, the minister has quoted, the first bill that I produced on pyrite was about this very thing. It was about extending the statute of limitation so we can actually go back and seek recompense. Okay. So it does suggest that the government... Are thinking. Uh, and have done something. So the yeah. statute of limitations, I think, is what? 12 years, something I'm like that. I'm not sure, yeah. Uh, but by extending it on this particular issue... Um, it does at least provide the scope. Now, 
the cynic, of course, so. might suggest that, oh, well, will anybody ever be prosecuted? Uh, well, this is about actually getting people, manufacturers, to put money into the be compensation before, scheme. Bef yeah, scheme. before you get go into that, though, yeah. isn't it time uh, that there was a discussion about what exactly is refurbishment mean? What does that mean? Well, it, I went when now. Mm. Um, yeah. If the block is the essential, the essential essence of the problem, right? If it is, and houses are built of block, why are we talking about refurbishment? You have to knock it to the blooming mm. ground. Well, looking at the house that's there on page one, and there's other pictures later on. I mean, and the, those the the markings there presumably uh, delineate the cracks in the mm, house. Mm. I mean, I find it hard as a, as a layperson to see how that can be repaired. Yeah, I, mean, I, I suspect in very serious. And there's a better picture of the same house on page six, where you can see the whole house. Mm. We, the front page has the gable end. The 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 whole house seems to be affected. That house probably yeah. would be demolished. It has yeah, to be, it would have to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah. we're looking at probably. Millions, millions, uh, millions, millions, hundreds, mi hundreds, hundreds of, of, of millions, yeah. thousands of millions. Now, we don't know at this point, or if we do, we're not saying it. Uh, who are the major suppliers of blocks into the construction industry? Well, uh, of course, uh, I, 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 we're not going to talk about them. I was, I was talking to uh, Daniel Maloney. He, he was, his photograph was there on the paper from Kilkishan there a few weeks ago. And That's right. His house, and, and there was big gaps in it. But I was talking to him on, um, I was in Crows the other morning in Kilkishan uh, in the shop, and he was there, so we had a chat outside about it. Yeah. And he told me where he, I won't say where they came from, though. Uh, no. He, he, he was it was an Irish manufacturer. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a well -known, yeah. one of the well-known companies. Companies, yeah. 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 But he said his house, he said house, he says this could just have to be demolished. Yeah. His house. Yeah. I wondered when most of these houses, are we talking Celtic Tiger period, or is, does this go right back? Well, some of them go back, I think. Some yeah. of them go back to the 80s anyway. The 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I suppose the government will have to step in, one, irrespective of who eventually pays for it, mm -hmm. or where money comes out, because mm -hmm. certainly the, you know, a protracted legal debate and proceedings to see who uh, is responsible and how much they're responsible for. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime, these people are, are sitting in a house that's yeah. ready to fall down. So I suppose the government will have to step in and then mm. pursue yeah. Uh, yeah. if there is yeah. a, a, an avenue available yeah. for, for pursuing on costs. Yeah. Now he has made, the minister, I'm correct in saying this, that he has said he is going to solve this. Mm. He's unequivocal mm -hmm. about it. Now, Luke is looking at me askance. You know, <laughs> I Luke, do Luke doesn't. <laughs> the ministers and money. But what what is, what is in contrast to the Clare Champion, which has signs of hope? Uh, Porig McMahon on the front page, the Echo points to the same story, but uh, the, 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 it's a little bit more controversial. Council chief knew about pyrite in 2018. Um, and the story there is that the chief executive of the local authority, Pat Dowling, was informed three years ago by Clare TD Joe Carey, Fine Gael, that homes in the county were infected, not sure if infected is the right word, with pyrite and that it was recommended to seek inclusion in a remediation scheme similar to the approach in Limerick. Yes. And so certain questions probably now have to be asked as well, why did the council 
not take action at that stage? And if they had, would Claire, would we be talking about this at all? We may be talking about it, but... But, but in a different context. In a different context, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. Fair well, point, I suppose fair we, point. We, can, we can just wait and see. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it'll soon be apparent... Yeah. If the government are going to help uh, the people yeah. here in County Clare, but ca- and could in, this and how much, Jim? Could this happen again? Are there now regulations in place for builder, um, not builders, but manufacturers? I think so. Yeah, you think, yeah. Yeah, there's more stringent regulations on, yeah. on, on blocks now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. See, so d- don't buy blocks off a the side of the road. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You have to, there's there's some sort of a regulation in. Well, you have to. Yeah. Uh, you have to. Well, people mm-hmm. can check what the strength of the blocks and the proper, you know, the proper. But but according to the men that you spoke to the other day, the, these ones in his house weren't bought off the side of the no, road. No, they weren't bought off the side of the road. They were no. bought off a reputable company. Well, yeah, but I I, I was talking to someone else there recently about it, and there was a discussion on it, and he said that uh, he said that in 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 quarries there could be a vein, a vein of this this. This whatever Micro, stuff that, yeah. that, that and it could be in the you know and it if it was unlucky enough to get to get a, a load of blocks out of the out of that path of it, yeah. that <laughs> your house could be falling down, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we might move on. Um yeah. I'm I'm just looking at and the Clare champion here, uh, you know, he needn't take it out page eighteen, has classes and courses and it's all education and talks about different colleges coming back to this month. Jim, apropos that, uh, and I think yeah. it's very important, those ad pages, because, again, this week, there are invitations to young men and young women who may uh, have experienced difficulties in deciding what career they should take on, and there are very, very interesting new apprenticeships. Yeah. Being, oh, there are. I mean... The Leaving Cert, of course, came out on Friday. Yeah. People got results. Some people may not have got the results they might have wanted. Yeah. Um, In which case, there are lots of options, isn't there? That's right. And and this is is where these ad pages and obviously online come into into play as well. There's a lovely piece in the Irish Times, I think, this week too, by Finton O'Toole. Uh, talking about the leaving cert and not talking, not wishing to highlight the people who got 11 A1s, but all the other experiences um, and emotions and feelings of all the different types of students. Yeah. Um, and go back, if you, ca- if you can find it online, have a read of it. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful piece of writing. He also had a very, now that you mentioned that, he had a very interesting article earlier in the week uh, uh, talking about uh, there should be schools for misfits and and uh, he went on in that kind of a de-schooling, you know, mo- mood. It was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind having him at the other end of the table. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he points towards me as if I'm to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, just on that we were talking before we came on air, John. You had some facts and figures in relation to the costs. Well, I, now, Jim, this is frightening, and it's about time that it became a wider public issue, and that is the cost, as you said uh, when we were talking off air, the cost of free education. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, um, yeah. it I is was, costly. It is costly. Now, I mean, the Irish Times article during the week um, makes the point that poor old Donna O'Malley introduced 
against a, a fair amount of local and national opposition, mm. the concept of, of free, free education. education. Yeah. Free, free secondary school education. Free secondary school education. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was a, a, a commitment. It came at last, when you look at the mm. proclamation, you know, mm. and the promises that were inherent in that. Mm. But eventually it came, and it really was a revolution. In a sense, to me, it, it's probably the only real revolution we've had in the 20th century, mm. you know, here in Ireland. But every year at this time of year, we have parents expressing their, uh, their concern about the capacity to pay what's required. And going to the, uh, uh, the credit union, the credit union uh, have something to say about the actual article that we're, I'm referring to in the Irish Times. The credit union um, is inundated. And we're talking nationally now, we're not necessarily talking about East Clare at all. But Jim, you've lived your working life. You'd be sensitive to the costs that are inherent. But we have policies and practices which do not show any understanding of parents, you know, mm. challenges when it comes to paying for books and, mm. and IT stuff and what have you. Yeah. Am I out of order? No, but I suppose that what is free education, it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, prior to Donnacho Mali introduced free secondary education, which removed fees. Mm. But I mean, there are quite a number of other things to do with education that are not free and are not provided. I mean, books is one. For example... But you got a grant. You go, if you wanted to set up a, free, a, a rental scheme... The yeah, school now we're talking about rather than the parent. Yes, the well, grant. you see, the, what, what the school benefits does... Benefits the parent, yeah. yeah. benefits the parent. And yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you ran a, a free book scheme. The college here... Well, ra- it it wasn't a free, a free book scheme. Uh, the, the school got a grant from the Department of Education. Uh, the school bought all the books. Uh, a I rental. Mean, one had to be yeah. prudent. Yeah. Uh, you buy the books and you, you say they'll do for X number of years yeah. and basically you, you divide the cost over those years less the grant. Yes. And that's, that's the rental and it, it is very reasonable. Yes. Um, and that would be so for, for other schools in the East Clare area. Oh, it would, yeah. Would. Now, the, the other part of it is that there are work materials, workbooks, yeah. people often refer to them, which are written on and which are not recyclable. Therefore, yeah. wastage. So they're and they're individual use. So, I mean, they can't be shared. They can't be and shared. I don't know whether it has changed since your time, Jim, but the vast majority of books bought for my six-year-old and eight-year-old were these workbooks. Hmm. So they're bo- there's text in them, but there's also work, th- and you fill in the boxes hmm. or whatever it is. Spell well would be one of them, for example, that, every, uh, that a parent might know about. Um, so... Yeah, at the lower end of primary school, yeah. at the younger end yeah. of primary school, th- that tends to be the case. The norm. Where, yeah. Whereas as you go up the, to, you know, fourth, fifth and sixth class, they form much less of a percentage right, right. Of, of the books. And then the, the copy book, I suppose, which is what I would be familiar with. I wouldn't yeah. have been familiar with these workbooks at all when I was, when I was growing up, but we had loads of copy books, which were mm. cheap. Um, and you filled in your copies if you're writing out or doing your sums or whatever it was. But David, you, yeah. could, you could... They're gone. The copy book is gone. But you could have the copy book separate from the text, completely separate. It's, it's the incorporation of the work 
The work and John, why do you think that has evolved? Because it's driven by the publisher's desire to make money. To make money. Mm-hmm. It 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 was a huge scandal in the states. We were talking about that earlier, you know. The the lobby, the publishing, the publisher's lobby in Washington was astronomical. You see, as you know, the books in in, in American high schools are provided. I think they're provided free. Mm. Okay, and that's a problem too because care and attention to the uh, to the the book so that it can be passed on and mm. within the school mm. uh, it doesn't get the kind of attention mm. it should get. But, but uh, I suppose but schools and, and teachers are, are left, to a certain extent, they're at the mercy of the publishers. Oh, Jim, yeah, yeah. very much. Because mm. the publishers come out with, I mean, you you have to get books of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get materials for working yeah. on. Yeah. Um, the department don't provide anything. No. And there's only a handful of publishers in Ireland, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. handful yeah. of school providers. And then, I remember my dad's were going to school, and they might have perfectly good books. But uh, the following year, the book might be no good, because there'd be some small bit of a change in yes. the book. Yes, yeah. And, and that's and another tactic to the publisher. Oh, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Pat, do you know, it, 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 there's a letter from a, a Brendan Morgan in Holt, Brenda, who was a retired principal, primary school principal, and as a former teacher and school principal, she says, the sheer joy in a young child's eyes, just turning the pages and looking at the illustrations for explanations, that was a great educational support. And the smell of it as well, don't we? Oh, I remember the smell. The smell. And I mean, uh, this sensory factor yeah. is losing out now. Well, now that we're moving to e-books, uh, e-books and, and what have you. I think it's very sad. Yeah, yeah. I, think th- I think, though, in fairness, you know, I stand up for teachers in schools. Yeah. Um, because, generally speaking, you know, when, when we buy, and most schools would have, when we bought books, we, we held them, let's say, for as long as possible. Uh, we we and it is a fact Pat, that books change and that a new version comes out and an old version is, you know, is is no longer available. But I suppose the the rental thing, if you can get a number of books, and I know teachers go all over the place trying to get books, mm. so that they have books in the school for X number of years. Oh, because, oh. I mean, most schools and most principals are very conscious of the expense of parents because those principals will be sending out letters looking for. Um, fundraising activities, yeah, looking yeah, for yeah, cash yeah. and that, or looking for a, a fee or a, what's the word for it? A, a, you know, contribution. A contribution to the fund. So, I mean, it is like the, the schools are, do not have enough money from the Department of Education to run themselves for a year. The teachers are paid and yeah. there's X amount of money for heating and lighting, etc., but from a capitation grant. But I mean, if you teachers generally and principals want to provide the best education they can for their pupils, oh. and therefore they they go out to raise money. I mean, I, when I was there, and it's I don't think it's any different now. You were looking at you know through the year one of the things: how much money can we raise? Okay, mm-hmm. I I think that in the college beyond, um, that uh, the child child pays fifty or sixty euro, okay, and gets all. His or her books. That's then. very good. Yeah. It's, it's marvelous value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we've ru- they've run that system for a long time over there. Okay. 
believe in Celtic coming out has been out on Friday as well. Yes. We all expect him to, yeah. to line up with, with David. We're <laughs> looking <Yes>. forward. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Again, late this year in welcoming the first years, but we look forward to welcoming mm. them. And uh, it is all online now as well. You can get your results online. So. Yeah. We'll yeah. go back to uh, Minister uh, Dara O'Brien. Because he he was really he won't get out of Clare without uh, writing a big check with it. <laughs> uh, because he was in Broadford on last week as well. Yeah. I'm looking here on page 12 of the Clare Echo and Porrick McMahon's piece uh, that a 50-year wait for a sewage scheme in Broadford is to end this October, and it talks about um, that Minister O'Brien. He issued a strong commitment to PJ Mason, well known to all of us here, or most of us here, and members of the Broadford Action Group that the scheme would be given the green light in October. No, no. I, 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 I accept that with, uh, with a great I sense of optimism. I thought you were going to say with a grain of salt. No, no, the, <laughs> the grain of salt is at the other end of the table. <laughs> but yeah. it is, in, in fairness, I mean, and I know exactly the, the, the lads in Broadford, and we've had them in the studio on several occasions, you know, I mean, they are just hoping against hope that this will see the end of their campaign and that, yeah. you know, the, the, a start will be made. Yeah. I mean, it is positive, but I would caution. You read the minister's statement very clearly. I'd be, I'm, I, I'm a little bit surprised with Porig <laughs> and the story is covered in the Clare <laughs> Champion as well at the way the journalists have spun this a little bit. Because if you read the minister's, and of course, those Leaving Cert students coming into my classes, this is exactly the type of skill that you get when you study uh, BA Arts and History. And so you, you read and you identify and you mm. identify the meanings of the words. Now, what the minister actually said was, he didn't say, oh, we'll give you your sewerage treatment plant in October, Broadford Action Group. No, he said, uh, uh, we are going to uh, allocate a significant amount of money to the National Development Plan. Mm -hmm. Didn't mention Clare. Mm -hmm. he, he, he actually said, every, and this is his quote, every county has those issues, which gives you the scale of the job we, we have to do. Last year I gave 188 million extra in capital to Irish water. Now we have to look at the towns and villages where we want people to start living in and again to regenerate. So he's talking about towns like Broadford. Um, so let's hope that Broadford gets it. Um, it won't be up to the minister, I'd say. Uh, he'll give the money. It'll be up to Irish, Mor Irish Water to prioritise it. Yeah. Fiona, hmm. Fiona has one here on page 13 of the Champions League. The South East Minister offers hope for... That's a better headline, isn't it? Yeah. I, 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 now, we know that Porrick yeah. doesn't write the headline. Somebody else writes the headline. Yeah. Um, the headline writer in the Champion, I think, is on the ball. Yeah. Hope. I oh. think that's as much yeah. as but you sure, could if expect. You listen, in life... <laughs> Hope is a four-letter word that, is, in fact, is so, so important. Do you, do you subscribe to hope or despair? But I, I, would, say, I would say Parik's headline as giving it momentum, <laughs> kind of getting a ball rolling yeah. that is unstoppable. Fiona, oh, yeah, yeah. Fiona Story, a funding plan for the long-awaited sewer scheme for Broadford is due to be outlined in October, the housing minister has said. On a visit to Clare last Friday, August 27, Minister Darrell Boy met PJ Mason and other members of the Broadford Action Group and explained that a review of the National Development Plan will contain, contain details of a funding scheme for unserviced villages. Yeah. 
Yeah. So He's going mm. to set up a scheme for yeah. unserviced villages. I don't know how many unserviced villages and towns we have in the hundred, country. A hundred. Several hundred. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I hope if, if, he, if somebody shows him the headline on page 12 in the Clare <laughs> Echo, he will find it impossible. To say no. To say no he to He'll say, you shouldn't believe everything you read in the papers. There's 52, <laughs> 52 se- settlements of villages in Clare. 52? In Clare, not without alone. Sword, without sorted. Without sorted. And oh. then how do you prioritise those and 52? And b- by the way, without sorage means, means... No development. Oh, no, apart from that, mm. it means you have going into the... Oh yeah, water system, uh-huh. the worst of the worst. Uh-huh. And yeah. Ireland being fined by the EU because we are not compliant with our wastewater directive. And, and there's a fine photograph there of the minister and Timmy Dooley. Put, uh, giving <laughs> it, it appears <laughs> that Timmy Dooley is putting on his pulling uh, up his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play to Timmy Dooley. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, we've reached uh, the halfway point in the show. Um, Pat, do you have, um, have um, music some musical yeah. delights for us? Yeah, the, the Everly brothers, uh, you know, John and Phil Everly. And uh, John died uh, there recently, aged 84. So as you might remember the, the Everly, John, do you? Oh, I do, yeah, but why did you turn to me? They started off back in the 60s. I remember them as well now. Of, co- co- of, of course, uh, you uh, do. They were, they were before my time. <laughs> <laughs> they were certainly before mine. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what do you... What do you all, all I have to do is dream. Oh, yes. Grant, lovely. Okay, all That's I have to do is dream. Is that for Broadford? The Everly Brothers. <laughs> Very nice. Hope. <laughs> and a dream. Okay, thanks a million. I can make you mine. Taste You're very welcome back to local media this week and hope you enjoyed the Everly Brothers there. That are Pat's choice. All I have to do is dream. And I suppose if we couldn't dream, life would be much poorer. Yes, Pat. Yeah, devastation yeah. in Broadford and news of tragic death of Nile O'Brien, 22. A dark cloud of gloom hung over East Clare this week following the unexpected death of popular Broadford hurler Nile O'Brien while hiding in Greece. Broadford Community Action Group Chairman PJ Mason said there was complete shock and disbelief in the community when news broke early on Monday morning that Nile, 22, had died the previous day in Greece. A man arrested in connection with the death is due to appear before Greek judicial authorities on Thursday to hear whether or not the charge would be brought against him. The 20-year-old Irish sus- um, suspect who was not known to Nile was arrested by police on the island of Ayas. The following night is dead and wonder. Well, just, we, 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 I suppose all we can do is um, is have sympathy with the the, the O'Brien family and, yeah, and the little the young fella. Yeah, yeah. and the, yeah. Obr- the O'Brien family is is well spread out in East Clare. Oh yeah, and and has connections in most parishes. Most parishes. And um, 
Yeah, so it's devastating, and to the, mm. I suppose to any parents, and you get up for them on the morning, and it's yeah. their worst, it's their worst nightmare, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, we 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 laugh our sympathies to the O'Brien family and uh, and the family in Kilkishan. Um, His mother's place, yeah, in place. Yes, Kilkishan, Basil, place to start off. Yeah, okay. The grandson of Basil and Kilkishan family from Scarlet. Yes, indeed. So okay, we, 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 we offer our condolences to the both families. Thank you very much for that, Pat. Uh, Shannon, we're dreaming of flying out from Shannon Airport at some point, maybe uh, <laughs> to our holidays. So we're, um, we're very interested in Shannon in, in this uh, programme. There is, a, John, you have a headline there, there is, about yeah. uh, criticising the government for their lack of action. Well, now, PJ, PJ Ryan that we interviewed last week, Jim, um, chairman of the County Council. Uh, he's um, talking to Pori McMahon. Title of the article, Government Not Helping One Iota to Keep the Airport Open. Now, it's a short little article, but there are a couple of interesting points made by PJ and others. Introduce free car parking to the airport for people travelling. How about that for starters? Offer passengers, he says, to Shannon. A package, I like that, the idea of a package. You're, coming, you're flying to Shannon, you're flying to Shannon, and um, uh, you get a, a freebie to Bunratty Castle, uh, the Cliffs of Moher, uh, or some other no, nice mm. little sweeties. What do you think of that? Or a trip to Scarif. Indeed. Or East Clare. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I Can mean, the do? idea of package selling. Mm into Shannon. You look again at the end of the table. He doesn't believe me at all, you know that? Um, I don't think it's going to do very much, actually. Um, it's actually... It's, 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 remember, Shannon's two-way two -way system. Yeah. It's not all about people flying in. It's actually people flying out is what Aer Lingus yeah. want and uh, Ryanair. Uh, the tourist season is only a confined period in any event. Uh, free car parking, yeah. I mean, Why do you this object? all costs. This costs money. It's free to somebody, but then it costs the company something. And Shannon is not doing, you know, Shannon Airport Authority isn't doing so well, as we know. Yeah. My understanding. It might encourage people. Like, Shannon Airport uh, has to make money. Um, this is one of the only revenue. Well, it's one of the several revenue means. I mean, it's only going to affect... It would affect them. It's not going to affect the airlines. The airlines, I'm sure, would love it. But I, I would imagine that if, if Ryanair are bringing in loads of flights to Shannon, yeah. they are getting those flights at a very, very low cost, oh, if, 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 yeah. if any cost at all. If any cost at so, all. I mean, the, it's the, actually the airport's probably paying Ryanair to bring yeah, them in. But, but the car park, then, I would see... I, I don't think I would go to, you know... If it, it wouldn't persuade me to yeah. go by Shannon if a car park is free. Is free or not. For a week? No. No. It's because it's minimal. It is. It's, 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 only, enough, it's only just one little carrot. You have other little carrots as well. Go though. on. What other carrots do you have? Well, to the idea. Why not? Uh, now, I, I'm flying out. I'm not flying in. I don't want to go to the Cliffs of Moher. Mm. I want to fly out of well, Shannon. Well, if you're this is the dream that Jim has. If you're flying to Great Britain, you have, uh, you have uh, duty-free. And you can collect... You can't, oh, here's one. doesn't matter whether I'm flying from Shannon or Dublin or Cork. I'm going to get that anyway. Yeah, but can you actually get duty-free going out, okay, and leave the bottles there to collect them on 
on the way back. back. You used to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, used that's to. right. Yeah. Is that, is I'm that sure, I'm sure that is probably still the case, yeah. So that's, that's wide open to anyway, we we yeah. that's the, one of the things with Shannon. Just to give an update on Shannon, because we discussed oh, yeah. Shannon last week. Did you hear anything back from no. the press office of no. Shannon I Airport? It, today is Thursday. We record this program on Thursday evening. So last Monday week, I emailed the, the address given on the on the website. Yeah. So I've heard nothing back so since. So ne- nearly two weeks you're still waiting. We're still waiting. Now, during the week, I was contacted by someone who listened to the program last Sunday. Really? And uh, gave me an alternative email address that I might be able to use uh, to contact. So uh, I, I sent basically the same email, the wording, the to same this word, new email address. To this new email. No, that was yesterday, Wednesday. So by, by Thursday evening, I hadn't got a reply to that. Okay, well, but we might give him another day, will we? We'll give, well, should we, another we'll give him another, another working we'll week, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> next week. So we'll have an update from you again next week. Are so. we going national on this if we don't hear from them? You, you mean Joe oh, no. Duffy? No. We, no, no, I mean, we'll, we'll <laughs> stay within Scarif Bay, I think. Mm. But we will, we'll keep our head down and keep going until... You um, get that interview. Until we get an interview, or we get a reply. Yeah, a reply. Yeah. A reply saying we, we, won't <laughs> want to, we don't want to have to answer that question on an interview. No. Okay, moving on, moving swiftly on. Pat, I see you looking there at page nine in the Clare Champion. Uh, uh, lovely photograph there of one of our own. Yeah, Cleena. Cleena Donlan. Mm. And uh, getting ready for an arts festival. Yes, Stephen Paul and... Pole and Mount Shannon Arts Festival and Cleaner Dunland, Mount Shannon Trade Festival, uh, framing ideas for the collaboration of both festivals to bring a weekend of festive fun and connection to Mount Shannon this September. Fiona McGarry and Dan Dana have the story here on, in, on it. And uh, Mount Shannon Arts open all channels to eager audience. Festival cooperation, a great exercise in community building. Fiona McGarry. Uh, Regeneration and resilience will be celebrated in Mount Shannon later this month thanks to a collaboration between diverse members of East Clare Arts community. The, can, the pandemic presented all kinds of hurdles in terms of live performance and after taking their offerings online in 2020, Mount Shannon Arts Festival this year opted for too many festivals on the theme of regeneration. The first event was held in June and the second scheduled for September 24-26. Traditionally this weekend of the Mount Shannon Trade Festival, which ran to a huge acclaim between 2010 and 2019. Yeah. So it's, it looks like there's going to be one hell of a weekend in Mount Shannon, Mount Shannon between yeah. the Arts Festival and, and the Trade the, Weekend. Right, yeah. And it's physical. It's it, there's a marquee, and so, so it's not online as they would have done. No, and what's more, we'll be there. Oh, yeah. Scarif Bay Community Radio yes. will be there and a number of our programmes will come live from Mount Shannon that weekend. Yeah. Something to look forward to. So, uh, yeah. But, it's, but it's, a, it's a great photograph there, isn't yeah. it? It's lovely, yeah. You know, lovely John, John Kelly. And, and John Stephen Kelly takes the photograph and I see John Kelly will have an exhibition um, in 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 uh, in uh, dur- during the festival as well. So it's an opportunity to see some of his great photographs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lovely. Uh, staying with East Clare, because we stay with East Clare in the second half of the programme, I see again in the Clare Echo in the um, the community section, I think, where uh, there's been a launch of a book in Tulla. Um, 
the uh, Tuller Reaching Out. John, you'll be familiar with those. Now, Tuller Reaching Out, I know our correspondent there, who stood in for you, John, when you were away. Really? Um, Jane Ryan. Oh, Jane. And, and Jane is very much with Tuller Reaching Out and puts a huge amount of effort into it. But uh, the, the fifth volume of uh, Reflections from Home and Abroad, which uh, the Claire Echo say is a local... Uh, celebrates local history and culture in the parish, a local historical publication, and it's available in various shops. Is it in, in, is it, is it in Scarif at all? It doesn't list any place in Scarif, but I'd Listen, say... Listen, John, there's a little incentive now for you to travel over to Tulla. Oh, <laughs> Speaking about Shannon and, and, and incentives, there's the <laughs> go over to Tulla and support Tulla. For well, I will, I, because <laughs> I, I believe, you know, wholeheartedly in supporting local... Um, Journals and yeah, uh, and I'm happy research. to say happy to say that Jane is a graduate of my own MA local history, so it's lovely yeah, to see these publications coming out. Yeah. But you're Tuller very you're very young to be having uh, <laughs> MA graduates. Indeed, on, on you. <laughs> uh, but Tulla was also in the news for another reason, Pat, wasn't it? Um, oh, we we have um, we have. Uh um, right, just just we'll just refer to, to that one there. Uh, Tom Murphy, there's a nice uh, photograph of Tom Murphy and his on his tractor on page twenty two. <laughs> on the same page twenty two. I was trying to do a nice segue there, and Pat has ruined it. Yeah, but there is a love because it was the page he had opened. Taken by James Tracy. And um, it's a lovely tractor. What type of tractor yeah, is it? It's a Ford. A Ford from Ford, 19... A, su- a Super Dexter, 1964. A Super Dexter. 64 yeah. CE. C-E-8. Uh, not quite eight, eight. But that's yeah. fake, yeah. right, because those sorts of number plates didn't exist in 1964. Well, it, yes, but if it was imported subsequently, yeah. it would get a, a, a number a, plate. A, a modern number plate. And it probably yeah. did come in from England. Right. Back in the 1960s, yeah. the, British, the British government had a policy of funding farmers yeah. to replace their machinery. But that's mm-hmm. fine in the 1960s, John, but I am saying that that number plate wouldn't have been given in, in the 1960s. No, 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 no but no, if, no. The, if the tractor was imported in more recent years, yeah. Yeah. And it, it would be determined that it was manufactured in I understand in that. So, yeah. Yeah. So they'd, they'd give that number. Yeah. In recent years. Yeah. So are you saying to me that Tom Murphy hasn't been driving this tractor all his life? Well, he's, he's driving it a good while anyway. Yes. <laughs> we meet him on the road on a regular basis. And it's very well kept. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. He passes up my window every... every you can hear him coming oh, and going. Oh, I can hear him coming and, yeah. you know... And a lovely photograph by lovely, James lovely, Tracy. Lovely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I interest you in the subject of mattresses? <laughs> mattresses? Mattresses. I'm looking at page 19 in the Clare Echo. Uh, and the... the Disposal of mattress. I don't know, John, if you ever had to bring a mattress to. I tell you, to, I, to get rid of a mattress. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, if there was a spring sticking up no. to it, and you had to. What would? Wh- th- what sort of a? I'll tell you a story about a, in answer to that question. I, I was on holidays as a child up in Rathcrohan in Roscommon, right? And the old house was across the road from my grandmother's. You know, going back to the old house, went back to the. 18th century, but it had a, a, an ups, not a kind of an upstairs, a kind of a, a loft, a loft, oh. bedrooms, and that. Yeah, yeah. And there were um, lovely little mattresses dumped there, okay. Mm-hmm. And one day, a, 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 an itinerant arrived, as they, it was their wont, they'd come a couple of times during the summer, and I happened to be there. 
And out, uh, I walked out to the gate with the, the traveller, and he says to me, he said, young fellow, he says, have you any old mattresses at all? By God, I said, um, I do. I do. My brother, who was older than me, uh, was walking behind. I said, Brian, come here. Uh, Brian, I said, there are two mattresses up, up, up in, upstairs in the old house. That's right, says Brian. Your man there wants to, to buy them. They were feather mattresses. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm. you know the kind of one I'm talking about now. And we ended up getting ten shillings for the two of them. I was... 12 and Brian was 16. <laughs> <laughs> so the the feather mat, the, the yeah. feather tick, as it's yeah, yeah. the feather tick. Mm. Did you ever hear that expression, I, Pat? I did, yeah, I did. I heard the mm. expression about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, but tick, it's yeah. very hard to get rid of a modern mattress, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the subject of this. It costs 20 euro, mm. it's expensive for a, for a yeah. double mattress, and a three piece mattress is 50 euro. What kind of a Mattress is that? You can fit I three in the bed. I can fit three in the bed. I think that could be a three-piece three suite, Jim, is it? Well, three-piece suite. Would it be? Hmm. Well, maybe it's a three-piece suite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it's a... T- and ten euro for each for seated cushions. Mm. But, of course, uh, this is a motion, again, by Councillor PJ Ryan to reduce the cost um, yeah. of disposing them at, at clear... Facilities at the recycling facilities. PJ must be mm. manufacturing money or something because he, he wants to mm. get rid of the if Shannon. The, you can pay free and Shannon. And all. He wants to get. He's going to bankrupt the whole bloody place. Well, <laughs> councillor Colin Malloy said that in the US, when a consumer purchases a mattress, uh, part of the deal when you buy a mattress yeah. is they take the they old take one. It back. That's that's here as well. well not for Mat- mattresses. No, that's for electronic ele- yeah. equipment. Yeah. yeah. Well, by God, mm. guys, I, I bought a oui. mattress some years back and they took the, the old one. Mm. Was it? That's good. Some companies might. Some yeah. companies might, but it's not yeah. certainly not the law or an no. obligation. Yeah. Okay. Sure, why would you be getting rid of a good mattress? <laughs> Let's now, we move, before you get too comfortable, <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, Tuller Buildings. I saw a picture of Pat Hayes somewhere uh, talking. Oh, you did indeed, Jim. The Clare County Council have done their best to have the owners of old buildings and villages. Okay, oh, isn't that? This is what I was suggesting, Pat O'Brien, talk about <laughs> instead of a tractor. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, but no, we had this story before. There's a building in Tulla that's falling down. There is, and it's in danger. It's in and danger. Pa- it's Pat endangering Hay- the public. Pat, Pat Hayes, our councillor, has been labelling it for quite some time. Well, yeah. the good news for Tulla is, Jim that this house is going to be done up, this premises, yeah. whatever it is. Made safe. And it's starting this week. By the council, mind By you. The con- well, they will Im- employ contractors. They'll employ contractors, yeah. yeah. And, and the owner will have to pay. Isn't that the way it works then? Yeah, the, the owner, owner will have, have to, pay. to pay the cost. So yes. the revi- the re- I was going to say revitalization and of the centre And what happens, John, Tullet. if the owner refuses to pay I the cost? I don't know. He can be brought to court, of course, or she, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, but I wonder what I wonder. Do we ever hear about these things? Well, the owner has been given multiple opportunities, according to Fiona McGarry, in the on page four, um, to uh, to do this work and yeah. has has refused. So why would he then or she um, provide the money to pay the council? Well, maybe the but the. I don't know, actually. Well, I presume the owner will have... I, I think Pat mentioned that there was possibility a new owner. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, I think Jane actually said it here at the time she was in. Jane Wright, mm. that uh, a new owner was moving in there and he was to... 
Yeah. He was going setting up a, um, a restaurant, you know, building, mm. renovating the hotel really? and, and having yeah. a restaurant, opening a restaurant. Well, I mean, the owner is sitting on site, at least, yeah. is, is yeah. worth something. Yeah. Um, the, the building mightn't be worth an awful lot. But, um, Which would be an old building, probably, you know, but besides an old Yeah, so, I mean, they would have invested yeah. in it, presumably. Yeah. So I suppose it would be in their interest to. Just, uh, I, was, I was looking at it actually. There's just one corner, uh, uh, this kind of uh, the plaster was falling off it and the, the stone. I, I, I don't know. It, it just if you if you wanted to do it, do it, some temporary work on it, make it safe. I don't think yeah. it, would, it would cost a huge amount of money. Yeah. yeah. But then again, council council works in. <laughs> the, the, is the, it a house? Or, is it a house or was it a, pr- um, a shop? Oh. Oh, it, it was a residential. Uh, it was a, sh- a, a residential and, sh- and shop. And, and shop. Yeah, and, and it was a shop and a bear in it. Do you remember it in full? I do, I do. Yes. It's only a few years ago. It's, it's, it was open. It's, yeah. it's not closed that long. And will it make a significant di- difference? Also, if, yeah, there's a, fine, there's a fine frontage in it. Okay. Yeah, fine frontage. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we're nearly out of time, mm. folks. Um, you'll be sad to hear our listeners might be delighted <laughs> to hear uh, we're nearly coming to the end of the of the program uh, Pat you were mentioning you're going on a ramble Pat <laughs> oh God, yes, one yeah. of the days and you yeah, you want you I'd want say Pat goes on a few rambles every <laughs> now and again <laughs> and I had my rambling as well no days <laughs> isn't there a song I've been an old rambler for many he's years going, he's, he's going on one last ramble <laughs> Yeah, the Bourbon Ramble in 2021 is coming up on Sunday next, uh, it's on Sunday, the 5th of September, and um, it's in aid of the RNLI. The base camp is at uh, the car park at Fonoa Beach at 11.30 for a 12 noon start, and it will be 8 kilometres approximately up the Caja Valley and into the Vale of Will Lomai. you be able for it, Pat? <laughs> I will, I'll be able for it. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, Are you bringing Maraid with you? No, 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 she's not going at all. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, ramble will feature a visit to the world famous Cahill Bridge and Gardens, where our host oh. will be a master craftsman, Garden Carol Wright. This is this is the one past the gardens with the moon gate, isn't yeah, it? Yes, that's the one. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah, I yeah. have never been there, and I'd love to do it. I might be rambling with myself. <laughs> yeah, it's an aid, it's an aid of the lifeboat. So if anyone it's a good wants cause. to go for a walk on yeah. Sunday, and especially around the morning, it's beautiful. Uh, and nice, how how nice do how did the lifeboats? Make money? Do you, do you, oh, you, can, you contribute? Can contribute yeah, is there yeah. a standard fee or? Yeah, I don't know. Is there a fee? You know, I don't think there is. So it's it's whatever. Donate whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Before we finish, did we have something on the Munster Technological Institute? Yeah, yeah. I heard well, somebody during the break. Pat, you ha- uh, Jim, you have to get the name right. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's no longer an institute of technology. Uh, it is a technological university, and it's the technological university of the Shannon. Midlands, Midwest. There's a mouthful for you. Ah, that's okay. ridiculous. T-U-S-M-M. I'd say they'll shorten it to T-U-S. Oh, yeah. Too I small, Lanna Hibra. Oh, uh, There you are. Um, anyway, uh, Professor Vincent Canan, formerly of my own parish, uh, that is the University of Limerick, appointed founding president of New Technological University. So he, ha- he has or is currently the president of LIT, and um, uh, he's now, the, he's now the, the new president of this new university, which is starting the 1st of October. Okay, that's all from local media this week. Uh, my thanks to everybody concerned. John S., thank you very much. You're welcome, Jim. Uh, Pat, thank, thank you very thanks, much. Jim. And David... Thank you very much for joining us. I hope we weren't too normal, Jim. No, we weren't normal <laughs> at all. And we'll finish as we usually do uh, with Pat uh, for some 
we'll, musical we'll, suggestions. We'll have Van the Man this week again, Van Morrison. He was 76 on Tuesday last. So we'll, we'll have a go. There will be days like this. Okay. So thank you very much for uh, tuning in today. Please, God, we'll see you next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Until then, from all of us here, goodbye and God bless. There'll be days like this